Boom, and another one. The Oklahoma Sooners got a commitment from a four-star top 100 prospect. We're going to talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. And thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. And shout out to every member of the Everyday Club. It's NFL Draft Weekend, so that's a lot of fun. But we got to talk about what's happening on the recruiting trail. Josh, the Oklahoma Sooners picked up another commitment this time from four-star wide receiver Zion Kearney out of Hightower, Texas, the Houston area. A big-time commitment for the Oklahoma Sooners, a top 100 player across the board. Huge, huge, huge. The ball is rolling officially. It is, yeah. So just a big-picture view here. This is six commits in this 2024 class for Oklahoma, all of which, by the way, John, have happened since – March 25th. So in the last month, Oklahoma's added these uh, six commitments in this class. And uh, oh, by the way, each of the past two commitments in this class are respectively the highest rated commitments in this 2024 class. So as the Oklahoma goes along here, at least according to 24-7 sports' composite ranking, right? I know that that varies a little bit depending on where you look. But according to 24-7 sports composite rankings, Jaden Hardy and then now Mr. Zion Kearney, the two highest rated members in this Oklahoma class. And, John, I'll let you just sort of tee off first here. Kearney, to me, man, a, a big-time, big-time wide receiver ad. He's a do-it-all kind of a guy. He can win in the short area. He can win deep. He can win in the 50-50 ball. He can win you know, after the catch. He's just got a lot of good things going for him. And – you know, what's, what's fascinating to me is this is the second wide receiver ad in the last week and a half. And this is the one that kind of fits more of that. What we thought was going to be a Jeff Levy type mold, where you're looking at the bigger wide receivers that have length and strength. And I mean, this fits that, but you also have one in KJ Daniels. That was a little bit different, shorter guy, fast speed, but Kearney he's, he's fast in, in his own right. He can get down the field in a hurry. He can win blow by defensive backs. So it's a really, really good addition, and it's just setting up a really, really strong wide receiver class for the Sooners. And, man, it just goes to show just what kind of a recruiter Emmett Jones is. Been on the job for three months, maybe four months now with Oklahoma, and has really set them up really, really well in the cycle to you know land a top 100 wide receiver in Kearney. And then you know potentially, looking forward, you have the chance to add maybe a top 30 prospect in Bryant Wesco in addition to that. So, I mean, the Kearney edition, if it was just by itself, you'd really love where you're heading in the wide receiver class because he's one of the top 100 players, according to 247 Sports. In the composite, he's like number 60. So that's just really, really good, just outside the top 50. And just a really, really good player. I mean, and, and he's got ties to really – you know, good prospects. Jeremy Payne, another high tower product uh, that the Oklahoma Sooners have been targeting in the running back class. Uh, 
not sure where the running back position is heading for the Sooners, but if they're still kind of interested in Jeremy Payne, it doesn't hurt to have his teammate uh, on board as well. But again, speaking of Kearney alone, fantastic ad. Again, a do-it-all kind of a player. Reminds me a little bit of a Jalil Farouk. Can do everything that you want him to do in a Jeff Levy offense that asks for a lot of versatility and, uh, and asks the wide receivers to be able to do a lot of things well. Having well-rounded wide receivers like a Zion Kearney is going to be a huge addition for Oklahoma. I'm watching the film again now, and the kid's just flat out going to be special. He he looks like uh, the next great wide receiver at the the University of Oklahoma potentially. He's you know everything about him. Six foot three, one ninety five. Uh, you know we've been talking about, and and rightfully so, KJ Daniels as this burner type guy that uh, you know figures to translate into the slot for you just pretty naturally just based on you know his body type being a little shorter statured the speed well according to uh according to what 24 7 sports has as its track times technically kearney's a little bit faster than 100 meter than uh even mr kj daniels so that's kind of wild uh according to the the track times that they're reporting on 24 7 sports so yes Kearney is the complete package. He's got the speed. He's got the size. He's got the run after catch ability, John. He's got the high point ability. So to me, uh, this is, again, I said it the other day, but this is a clear, clear high four-star type talent that let's see how it progresses. Could trend to where you're knock, knock, knocking on the door of a five-star before it's all said and done. Yeah, I forgot about the speed. I mean, you see the speed on tape. You see it in his highlights. But when you think about it in track terms, sometimes you you forget about how fast a guy actually is. But, man, that's fast, fast. To have his size and speed combination, it's incredible. So they've got him. Again, their sixth commitment. They've got four blue chip prospects. When I was doing a story over at Sooners Wire, I just wanted to compare uh, to see where they were a year ago. This time a year ago, they didn't have this many commitments. It took them until June 1st, I think, to really get the ball rolling. Uh, what did I What did I end up finding the, the real details? Let me see. I'm going to pull it up real quick. Um, by this time, or sorry, by June 1st, they had only had four players committed to the site, to the Sooners 2023 recruiting class. And just one of those was a blue chip prospect, Jackson Arnold. The rest of them were three stars. So the fact that you've got six now, you got four blue chip prospects, you're number 23 in the 247 Sports team recruiting rankings, you're just trending. Like you're trending in a great direction. And I mean, the crystal balls continue to come out in favor of Oklahoma landing four star defensive linemen and, you know, other wide receiver prospects and running back prospects. I mean, we haven't even seen them start to gain a lot of momentum on the offensive side of the football, except at wide receiver. I mean, they're still trending heavily for, you know, guys on the offensive line running back room. It's, it's pretty incredible what this thing is going to turn into by the time the cycle's all done, but where it's at now compared to where it was a year ago, because we've talked about it a lot. We said it may not be till summer. That might just be the timeline for Oklahoma, but these kids are wanting to get on board early and, 
I mean, Zion Kearney, he was at the Oklahoma spring game. If you watch the commitment video, he's sitting with Brent Venables in his office and, and cashing in the chip, you know, going all in on Oklahoma. So this is a commitment that's kind of happened. It's been done for some time, at least for a few days. Just today was the day for it to become official, official uh, out in public. Well, and now all of a sudden we had, we had talked about this Zion Kearney, what it would mean if you add him to the class again, big time blue chip wide receiver that Oklahoma is getting here, John, we've talked about just all of the physical traits, but now as you start thinking big picture about Oklahoma in this class, you know, wide receivers, a little bit of a question mark right now at the university of Oklahoma. I think that will get sorted out in time over the course of this season. I'm not in any way, shape or form nervous or panicky about wide receiver at Oklahoma. I think I've been on record. I don't know how many times, countless number of times, not going to worry about skill position at Oklahoma until it's proven that I need to be worried about skill position at Oklahoma. But on the off chance that things don't go according to plan, top to bottom with Oklahoma's wide receivers in the here and now in 2023, man, you're off to a good start in uh, this 2024 class, John, because I think you're going to wind up with Bryant Wesco as well, right? It kind of feels like that's trending Oklahoma's direction. So this uh, this is turning into a really, really talented skill class for OU. Not that that's anything new or unusual or surprising, but it's just the next talented uh, skill class for Oklahoma. And it is notable, I think, right here, John, something that you touched on earlier, but Emmett Jones very clearly early in his stint with Oklahoma is saying, Yes, I will go get a Zion Kearney's commitment to the University of Oklahoma. High blue chip uh, to the University of Oklahoma. So this is uh, just a huge get, just a huge get for Oklahoma. And, I, you know, in addition to just individually who I think Kearney is and what he'll add for this class for OU, John, the uh, big picture view for long term, what it means for Oklahoma and for Emmett Jones, I think has to be one of the takeaways, too. Things look really good, and it's going to continue to get better as the summer proceeds. Oklahoma is just a really good recruiting program right now, and doing it as well as just about anybody in the nation, not named Georgia or Alabama, but they're slowly but surely going to be catching up to those guys. Again, a lot of it hinges on the defensive line and how well they're going to be able to recruit up there up front, but we'll see how that transpires. Again, Oklahoma is recruiting or trending in a really, really positive direction. Coming up, we're going to talk about a player who's trending in a not-so-positive direction, really away from Oklahoma. We'll do that after I tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar. If you've never tried it, highly recommend it. Go to Built.com. They've got great flavors from peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, coconut brownie chunk. They've got great Built Puffs that are a marshmallowy texture, but great flavors there. Churro, uh, peanut butter, so many great flavors across the board. They've got great granola bars too. If you're a granola bar guy like I am, I absolutely love the built ones because they have protein in them in them too. They're not just granola where you can get a lot of empty calories just having granola bars. Well, with, with built bar, you can get that granola, those oats, but also some protein packed in as well. And it's low carb, low calorie, low sugar, great tasting, 100% covered in chocolate. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your next order over at built.com, or you can go to Sam's Club or Walmart. You might be able to find them there as well. But again, you can go to built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at built.com. Josh, 
We've got a transfer portal entry in one Jamarian Burt, a three-star cornerback out of the 2022 signing class. Only played in a few games for the Sooners last year. Not really much of an impactful player. And kind of fitting the, the, the same type of player that's transferring in that one that kind of is getting phased out a little bit because of all of the talent that they've added over the last two recruiting classes. I mean, Burt, a lot of people were really excited about what Jamarian Burt could bring to the table, but with what Oklahoma did in the 2023 cycle, there just wasn't a whole lot of room for, for somebody to try to break through and get playing time. Yeah. And by this point, you probably have a good indication of where you stand. I think we always use that phrase, the the writing was on the wall and you know, whether or not that's the right way to phrase it or whatever, again, for Bert, he probably knows right now, not one of the top couple of options on the depth chart. Maybe he's figured out that uh, he's got to go to a different power five program to be that type of option. And, you know, somebody the other day called into our station and said something that I thought was a good point, John, when we see so many of these different names going to the transfer portal away from Oklahoma, one of his big uh, takeaways, this caller was Brent Venables. They feel like is honest with players, which is something that uh, when somebody inks on that dotted line, if in fact you inked on the dotted line anymore for uh, uh, the decision to go to college, you want somebody that's that's going to be true to their word, that's going to be honest with you. And maybe this is as simple as Brent Venables and the rest of the defensive coaching staff, John, sat down with Burt and told him, no, you're, you're not at the top of the depth chart right now, and there's not a clear path forward for you to get there. We haven't seen uh, really significant playing time for Burt yet, and we know, John, they just keep stockpiling, especially in that defensive backfield, man. I mean, who's one of the names that – we keep talking about is, is Peyton Bowen, Peyton Bowen in these corners. We keep hearing about Josiah Wagner and on and on and on the defensive backfield right now. That is a, a position that you just keep adding talent to John. So if you haven't cracked the rotation already, probably uh, it's going to be harder and harder to do so going forward. Yeah, indeed. It's going to be one of those things where o- Oklahoma's going to have a lot of really talented defensive back prospects at, at cornerback in particular, just in this cycle alone, they added Kendall Dolby, one of the best trans or Juco prospects in the nation for the 23 cycle. They added Makari Vickers, a top 100 player, Josiah Wagner, who in some sites is a top 100 player and someone the coaches have raved about since arriving on campus this spring. And uh, I'm sure I'm leaving somebody else out of the cornerback class uh, for Oklahoma this, this cycle. No, Jacoby Johnson. Another one, a guy that figures to, to factor in at cornerback as well. So that's just this cycle alone. And then you talk about Gentry Williams for the 2022 class. I mean, that's four blue chip prospects just in the last two years that you've added. And I mean, it's going to, it's already, we're already seeing that continue to manifest itself for the 2024 cycle with a guy like Jeremiah Newcomb. And they're going to continue to add, you know, cornerback talent, cornerback, you know, prospects as they go, because Jay Valai is just recruiting his tail off right now. And I mean, they're going to be in the mix for Kobe Black, even though there was a prediction just entered in on him going to Texas. I mean, Oklahoma is going to be square in the mix for Kobe Black, a five-star cornerback right now in the 2024 cycle. So like, yeah, it, it is a, it is one of those situations like, yeah, the coach, if he's an honest coach, sometimes you, you hate that. 
you know, I can think back to when I played high school baseball and my coach kind of telling me like there was going to be a certain situation where I wasn't going to get a chance to play. Um, because I decided to go on a trip with my choir to London. That was going to be like once in a lifetime trip in the spring for really very little money. And he basically said, I'm not, we're not going to play you because you're going on that trip. We're not going to play anybody. That's part of the choir that's going on that trip. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll prove him wrong. I'm going to, I want to make him make me play him and, uh, or make him play me. Um, and by the end of the you know fall ball, you know, off season workouts, he never had really changed his mind. So it became that kind of situation for me. I was like, okay, I got to make a choice. And I did. And, you know, I fully live by my choice and stand by my choice, but he was at least honest and upfront about it. And sometimes that works in your favor. And sometimes that doesn't, but all you can do is kind of respect that. At least he was upfront about it. You didn't, you weren't surprised by that. Now that coach lost like four outfielders, uh, to suspension and grades and stuff like that. So I bet he could have uh, needed a, a center fielder to hit lead off for him in the, the, uh, spring of 2000 at a uh, Halton high school. So, uh, but I'm not, I'm not living in the past at all. I, I got no regrets, but I just thought that's a fun job to put out there. But Jamarian Burton, you know, was a part of that 2022 cycle that, that kind of all came together within a couple months. And so credit, you know, to him jumping on board and being a part of a class that, had a lot of uncertainty, you know, Brent Venables coming in. They only had two months to put that class together. He, he committed to Oklahoma amidst all that uncertainty or, and signed with them. So now like best of luck, man, I hope you find a really, really strong landing place for you, but it looks like the transfer portal is just as wild as ever, man. The, the number of players that are entering the portal right now, you can look up at Colorado and I know a lot of people are criticizing Colorado and Deion Sanders, but it's probably a lot of the same situation that that you're discussing about Brent Venables and that Dion's probably just being straight straight up with his players and like hey you're not good enough to play here you're you're not going to play here we we are going to be adding talent and it's just not going to work out anymore between the two of us now i'm not sure how you get to 50 players in the transfer portal and still expect to field a team in the fall but uh yeah that's kind of where that's kind of where that's at but i can totally see the caller's point about, you know, you're going to see some guys leave, but a lot of the time, then what we've seen so far this off season is that they're guys that weren't going to play. Well, and just since you mentioned Dion, you know, that, that is a wild overhaul, right? And it might wind up being a brilliant thing. I'm fascinated to watch that play out with Dion Sanders. I I'm rooting for Dion in Colorado. So I don't want it to come across like, I'm uh, not rooting for Dion. I think it'd be great for college football if that works there. But uh, it is unusual, and that is a large, large number. And just comparing it back to Oklahoma, John, I think Oklahoma's got, you know, the, the Oklahoma these last couple of years has had pretty, pretty significant transfer portal defections and definitely tr- uh, significant transfer portal additions. And they pale in comparison to the type of overhaul that is going on at Colorado. So I'm fascinated to see what's going on over there and how that plays out. I would just say, as we uh, as we look at what's going on at Oklahoma, John, I look at it, you know, elsewhere. And maybe Colorado is one bad example to compare Oklahoma to. But as crazy as things have been here, Oklahoma to me is in a understandably manageable 
transfer portal uh, in and out going situation, if that makes sense. It doesn't feel as wild at Oklahoma as maybe it is uh, somewhere else. Yeah, it is 100% that way. It's, you know, Oklahoma is in a really good spot because of what they've done on the recruiting trail. But yeah, they, they've got room to have a little bit of attrition, have a little bit of turnover because of the talent that's coming in or, you know, the 2022 class, the 23 class, the transfer portal classes, they're just stacking talent right now. Now it all comes down to, are they going to win on the field? That's the thing that matters the most. And Josh, we just got our first Oklahoma Sooner off the board in the 2023 NFL draft. We're recording this on Thursday night. Anton Harrison to the Jacksonville Jaguars at number 27 overall. And your feet. Congratulations, Mr. Anton Harrison. You are a Jacksonville Jaguar with uh, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne. A lot of of good players on Jacksonville's team. An improving team. Uh, Bill Biedenboe gets his first offensive lineman taken as an Oklahoma Sooners head or Oklahoma Sooners offensive line coach in the first round. I mean, Oklahoma really has been training in a great direction on the offensive line. They've gotten so much great pub this offseason um, and really throughout the last couple seasons, but with Creed Humphrey and Orlando Brown and I mean, several other players before that, but for Bill Biedenboe specifically, like those two have been kind of the, the icing on the cake of what he's put into the, you got Ben powers and Cody Ford that have been really good as well. But you know, Creed Humphrey, arguably the best center in the NFL, Orlando Brown, easily a top 10 offensive tackle. And now you got Anton Harrison going in the first round of the NFL draft, Oklahoma's first offensive lineman in the first round of the NFL draft since 2010. And then again, Bill Biedenboe's first offensive lineman to be taken in the first round as Oklahoma Sooners offensive line coach. It's absolutely huge, man. Congratulations to everybody at the program, Bill Biedenboe, Anton Harrison, Anton Harrison's family, everybody involved. That's just absolutely huge. Well, uh, yeah, no, that's great. I- I'm very happy for Anton. It's a uh, kind of a cool landing spot as well here. You got a Duval. team. That, yeah, you got a team with a young quarterback that's that's uh, obviously on the rise. It would seem that's uh, you know you got a quarterback like they've gotten. Trevor Lawrence, that it's starting to work itself into place. And this looks like maybe, maybe, John, they're building something to where they can be a consistent, consistent factor in the uh, AFC South going forward. What's one of the things you got to do? You got to protect your quarterback, baby. And so they've went and they've gotten somebody in Anton Harrison that's regarded as uh, arguably the most athletic offensive tackle in, in this draft class. And really just, you know, kind of the way the, the first round played out with uh, not that it's surprising, but with Paris Johnson Jr. going where he went and then Skaronsky not far behind. And uh, who's the other name that I'm missing here? There was another offensive lineman from Georgia. Yeah, that's right. And, and so it's sort of a little run up there on now Skaronsky. Some would tell you he's an interior offensive lineman now at the next level. I still think guys been playing offensive tackle did a pretty good job of it at Northwestern. So I don't know if I'd be moving around a whole bunch, but bottom line is you, you had that little run on offensive linemen. And we thought if that happened, that would be potentially really good news for Anton Harrison. And ultimately it is good news for Anton Harrison. And it's great news for Oklahoma because now you get to uh, go out there and brag about just what you said, John, which is look, Bill Beanbow's got a first round NFL draft pick. 
Yeah, and this is a guy that came in, started a lot of games as a true freshman, and then just continued to build on that. I mean, he's he's a three-year starter at left tackle, which is arguably you know one of the hardest positions to play in college football or in football in general. And he did it at such a high level that it earned him you know first-round NFL draft status. Uh, so congrats to him again. It's going to be really interesting in the AFC South because you know Tennessee has been good up. They've been up and down. Houston. You know, they got CJ Stroud and then they added Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Alabama. So that could be a little fun little matchup there. You know, a couple 2023 rookies uh, going against each other uh, this uh, this season, maybe uh, with Houston and them. And then uh, I always forget the fourth team in the AFC South. It's Tennessee, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. That, that never makes sense to me. That's as bad as the Dallas Cowboys being in the NFC East because they're so or the Arizona was worse. Actually, the Arizona Cardinals when they were in the NFC East way long time ago but yeah so indianapolis like all those that's a that's a mash a ma, eh, a melting pot of teams that are just kind of meh but all making some really intriguing draft picks um in the first round of the nfl draft so there's going to be you know more sooners taken throughout the draft marvin mims is probably next off the board as early as the second round uh so it'll be fun to watch this weekend and see where those guys go but getting being able to say you have a first round NFL draft pick, that's that's huge for Oklahoma. I know like some of these schools are doing it every year, but and you're trying to get to the level of a Georgia and Alabama where you're having three, four, five players taken in the first round, or you know, an Ohio State, something like that. That's what Oklahoma's goal is, is a, you know, creating enough talent. And part of it that is getting into the SEC where it is without a doubt the the conference that sends the most first round draft picks to the NFL every year every single year there's nobody can can compare Oklahoma's going to be a part of that be a part of seeing their guys play against higher levels of competition and hopefully seeing two three four guys taken in the first round here in about 4 or 5 years there's just no substitute as you look to continue to find first round NFL draft picks than to say, Hey, we sent Anton Harrison to the national football league, really developed him, you know, into a first round NFL draft pick. So this is uh, I'm so happy for him. I feel like it's a terrific landing spot. It's an exciting landing spot. Uh, he's obviously worked very, very hard and really improved over the last couple of seasons at Oklahoma. And, and then greedily, Greedily, you're, you're happy for OU because it uh, the brand, the brand, the brand, the brand, the brand. And when you can go out there on the recruiting trail, John, and, you know, actually one of the position groups we've talked about, I don't know, it, it, not really ad nauseum, but at times we've mentioned we'd like to see Oklahoma offensive tackle, offensive guard in, uh, you know, center. We'd like to see Oklahoma continue to get maybe uh, on a more regular, more frequent basis some of those high-profile four or five star-type talents in uh, upcoming recruiting classes that kind of that piece, Caden Green, was actually in some ways sort of an exception to a rule. Or, you know, other names, uh, not going to name names, but five stars of past that maybe you got didn't wind up really looking like five stars. So the best way to land another four-star or five-star is is this, the the proof that, hey, we will – take you through your career and get you to the national football league. And here you are as a first round draft pick. There's no better advertising than that. 
Nope. And they're going to have at least one more offensive lineman taken in Wanya Morris. Chris Murray could be an outside shot at a you know late round pick as well. And we'll continue to follow that. We'll break down what happened in the draft when we come back for our, our show on Monday, but that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in again. Thank you for being a part of the show, subscribing wherever you get your podcasts and being a member of the everyday club. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. But until next time, he's Josh Helmer. Follow him on Twitter at Josh on ref. I'm John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John nine Williams. The show is at locked on Sooners. We look forward to talking to you again on Monday and be around for the live show Monday night at at 9 p.m. Central Time. But we'll catch you then. Boomer Sooner.